Last time on the Twilight Zone podcast, I took a look at volume one of a three-volume collection of Twilight Zone comics. They are all written by J. Michael Straczynski, and each of these three volumes contains four issues of the Twilight Zone comic from Dynamite Comics. Now, part one was called The Way Out, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite a fresh look at the Twilight Zone. Now, volume two, The Way In, is also set within the same universe. It's not like our traditional Twilight Zone, where it's just these self-contained stories. Now, while this is unusual for the Twilight Zone, it's not completely new. Back in the early 2000s, there was three books released under the Twilight Zone banner, and they were called Shades of Night Falling, A Gathering of Shadows, and Deep in the Dark. What this was, again, it was a serialized Twilight Zone. It focused on a war between two families, and in each book, it moved the families on a generation. And what was unique about these families is there was a certain magical element to them. They had power in quite supernatural ways. So I'm not taking anything away from those books. They were entertaining stories, but the issue I had with them is they didn't really feel like the Twilight Zone. And I'm not quite sure whether it was a trilogy of books that was already written and they just put the Twilight Zone name on them or whether it was a conscious decision to approach the Twilight Zone in a new way and present it in a serialized format. So while it was enjoyable, it was just missing that certain element that made it the Twilight Zone. There was nothing there to differentiate it from any other kind of magical story out there. So going into volume two of J. Michael Straczynski's work on the Twilight Zone comic, we're faced with this question, does it work? Does the Twilight Zone work in this way, in this kind of serialized way? Well, I suppose to call it serialized at this point in the story in volume two isn't entirely true because the stories in collection one and collection two kind of run parallel. Now I'm going to keep this spoiler free because they are relatively new issues and you can buy these collections now if you want to check them out. But I will just read you the back cover of Volume 2. It says, Nothing special has ever happened to Diana Westby. She has a comfortable relationship, a decent job, and vague dreams for the future. But now something has happened to her, something beyond understanding. She is suddenly able to hear thoughts and see glimpses of the future, a future that includes the threat of a mushroom cloud rising over downtown Manhattan. As someone who has never had to stick her neck out for someone else, Diana must choose between her own safety and the lives of millions of others. Her decision will take her from the abyss of her worst fears to the summit of her courage, a journey that could only happen in the Twilight Zone. This character of Diana Westby appeared in the first volume, but she was very much a side character. She works in a coffee shop 
the protagonist in that story goes into that coffee shop, so it links up in, in a couple of little ways there. But this time round, she's the main focus, she's the star, so that's why I said it kind of runs parallel rather than being serialised. But again, still a new approach to the Twilight Zone, so let's see how it works out. So first of all, what's the same? What is Twilight Zone that we know? Well, it's an ordinary person in extraordinary circumstances, very much a Twilight Zone thing. And the catalyst for these extraordinary circumstances is a most unusual object. Now we've come across unusual objects in the Twilight Zone several times. A most unusual camera that will predict a short term into the future. A stopwatch that will stop time. There's several of them scattered throughout it. And what I found quite delightful about this one is and I'm not going to say what it is, this unusual object in this story is a throwback to an actual old Twilight Zone episode. It's not saying that it's the same item, but it shares traits with one of those previous Twilight Zone unusual items. So it was nice to see, you know, I was reading it and this element came into it and it put a smile on my face. So there's a couple of things that put it on track with previous Twilight Zones. So what's different? Well, we've spoke about it being part of a bigger story. I'm not quite sure how the whole thing will fit together when the three pieces are in place, but the first two that I have read link together nicely. And the big question is, does the Twilight Zone still work when you're doing it this way, you know? When they're not compartmentalized little stories on their own, and I think it does, I think it's a fresh way of looking at it and it really works within the context of this universe, you know, different unusual things happening to different people for different reasons. What's also different is, I suppose you could say the stakes, you know, we've looked at these unusual items in the Twilight Zone before and a lot of those episodes were quite light-hearted, you know, the, there was a bit of a gimmick, okay, well, this thing can do this, and the episode would focus on that. This time round, the stakes are higher, and I see it as an evolution of that very Twilight Zone kind of trope, this item coming into someone's possession, and them taking advantage of its power, or indeed, are they taking advantage of it at all? Like I said, this time round the stakes are higher and this person needs to make important choices about whether they're going to keep this item first of all and if they do, what are they going to do with it? In that blurb from the back cover, you hear about the mushroom cloud. Well, there's a very real terrorist threat in this story. To drop that element of Twilight Zone unusualness into it and then have a character kind of cross paths with that story is a really interesting way of looking at it. And this is why I kind of see these comics as an evolution of the Twilight Zone. Now the thing is, we all have to ask ourselves that question, do we want more Twilight Zone? Do, or do we want to just leave it in the past, you know, where it shone, where it was this great thing that has carried on through the ages and there is that part of me that thinks well maybe we should leave it there but there's also that part of me that thinks you know if someone had a good take on it 
if someone was smart with this and had a really interesting way of doing the Twilight Zone, then of course I want more Twilight Zone. Television's changed now. A new Twilight Zone would have to compete with things like Game of Thrones and the multitude of other great television that's out there at the moment. There's just too much to mention. And even on the TV stations, there's then streaming. You know, Netflix have their own shows. The Marvel stuff they do is outstanding. Amazon have got their own shows. Some of that stuff's outstanding too. There is so much choice. So when the Twilight Zone does come back, the competition is greater than ever. What I think Straczynski's stories do in presenting it in this sort of semi-serialized way, making the stakes a bit bigger at times, still making it very personal, you know, these people in these stories still have these very personal journeys that they're on, but the canvas is a little bit bigger. I'm not sure this one twist story, Twilight Zone, would work in today's world, you know, would people get on board with it anymore? I don't know. I'd like to think they would, but I'm not entirely sure. But what Straczynski does in these stories and how I think they would translate to television really quite well is broaden that scope and really bring it up to date. But keeping that core Twilight Zone value. Something's happening to someone, an ordinary person. What are they going to learn from it? Why is it happening? What are they going to be like at the end of it? All these things. And I think the gratifying thing is this volume, volume two, The Way In, is like part one, a really enjoyable read. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I realize it's quite a surface review, but like I say, I don't want to spoil this for anyone. I am going to review part three when it arrives, and perhaps at the end of that one, I will give a spoiler warning where I will talk about them in a little bit more depth, you know, without having to worry about ruining this experience for anyone else, because so far it's been a great experience, and seeing that a modern Twilight Zone can work, I think has been probably the best thing about it. So I realize not everyone is interested in the Twilight Zone comic and we will be getting back to the regular episodes soon. But I read these and I thought, you know what? These deserve a bit of discussion to be looked at a bit closer. And also I've got a few things I'm taking care of at the moment. So to be able to just do these off the cuff reviews is quite useful and then I will get back to the longer shows, the ones that take a bit more time to put together. But I'm enjoying it. These comics, I think, really hit the spot. And I will see you for part three next time round, and then we will get back to our regular episodes.